monetizing digital services since 2004, boosting the entertainment industry by making digital content accessible for everyone. AWG, where innovation meets monetization. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Michael McGrooch about the power of art and creativity. Michael McGrooch, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hi. It's a pleasure to have you. You're joining us from Laguna Beach. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about the power of art and creativity in organizations and leadership in teams. And I'm really excited to explore this topic with you. As we get started, I wanted to share Michael's bio with everybody. Michael McGrooch is a multimedia artist, educator, author of five art-related books, creator of the bi-weekly 30-second podcast, The Smart of Art, The Power of Art and Creativity, where he introduces conversations about this limitless power. He is a passionate creativity and art researcher that looks for art and creativity's true values for humans outside of any system. And I really look forward to this conversation. Michael, anything else you would like to add about yourself, your background, your personal context before we dive on in? Uh, it's a yeah. If I, I hope I, you did all this perfectly because it's just what I wrote. Um, uh, the um, what I am actually my my best. I'm an artist since I'm a young young kid, you know, and I couldn't do anything else but art, and I couldn't fit into systems or or anything. So I was, I've basically I'm totally self taught, but I was always put into leadership position because I don't know if my birth or whatever. And what actually the the, the the best definition, which, you know, language is so limited, the best definition of what, what I am is a uh, creativity awareness educator. So I'm making people and your guests and, and, you know, aware of things. I don't tell them what to do. I don't tell them steps. I don't tell them, you know, you've got to do this first and then that. I just plant seeds and the people take the seeds or discard the seeds. And I trust that people will nurture the seeds if they like them by themselves in their way, because there's 8 billion people on this earth. Everybody has a different DNA. Everybody has a different uh, uh, fingerprint. And 
we need to find our uniqueness. There's a reason when you look at this, there's a reason why they all eight billion people are different. And I believe it is in because we are inclusive. We are herd social earth herd, um, herd animal. And I believe that you and I can do more together than I myself or you yourself. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't see people as enemies. I see people as an expansion of me. And, um, and I saw that very much in leadership too, in team, team uh, building the same way. So as a leader, my definition as a leader is, and I worked, you know, primarily in hospitality, but, you know, once you have hospitality, it's pretty much the hardest leadership you can do because it's dependent on humans and uh, more on humans than any other job, uh, any other company. So uh, I found that a leader is a part of a team, has nothing to do with hierarchy. He's a part of a team and he needs to be the most self-aware person and he needs to all his job in the team is to balance the team so the team is in balance and harmony. Then they can create the maximum output. If you're looking for output, never talk down to people, never delegate. Communicate. Communicate with people. Be a part of a team where people can come to you and talk to you as a human. Hey, I need help. I need this and that. And by, by you establishing a report like that, you keep harmonizing the team and the team. And that's the funny thing now. And I think this gives us, this opens a whole can of words. Then the customer, client, guest finds fulfillment. And when he finds fulfillment, which is the human side of success, he feels like a king. The, the, the customer is not always right. I'm, I'm I'm totally against. I I I take anybody thinks that the customer is right, and the cu- customer is king. I take offense by that. Most customers, guests, and things don't even know what they really want till they see what they have, and because it's so artificially dumped on them, you know, we got to do this, 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 and these three steps. He feels not fulfilled, and he feels uncomfortable, and in that uncomfortableness. Uh, he's, you know, a rude customer, a rude guest, uh, a dissatisfactory uh, uh, client of yours. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot there uh, that you just shared around leadership and teams, which is interesting. And I think we can unpack a little bit. Uh, Let's back up just a step. And your, um, you know, your background in art and uh, multimedia art and creativity and all of this, from your youngest years has informed Mm -hmm. your approach to teams, your approach to leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, I I wonder if we can start by just talking about the power of art and creativity. How do you define those terms? You know, a lot of people um, in organizations, you know, if you're an artist or a musician or, you know, that people in those fields will say, yeah, I'm an artist uh, or I'm creative. But a lot of people who are in, you know, white collar jobs wouldn't necessarily think of themselves as creative they wouldn't mm-hmm. think about what they do as art uh, or or creative expression necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how do you f- define art and creativity, and how? And then we can apply that into the workplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, 
everybody is an artist. Everybody's an artist has that in you. It's like if they tell us tomorrow we can run a, a marathon, we probably say, no, we can't. But if we train for it, we do. It's like a muscle. Uh, creativity and art is a muscle. It's like when you did your podcast, you had a an intuition of making a podcast, an inspiration, right? That came to you because otherwise everybody would do a podcast. But you had a podcast, you had that thing, and then you talk to that non-physical entity or whatever you are. I'm not saying I'm not. This is not a spiritual podcast. I'm you're talking to your non-physical self. When you sleep, you're in your non-physical. You're not aware that you're physical. So you you talk into that that voice or that part of you. I think it's a part of you, and then you you tweak it. You you think you have a car podcast, and then you find out, oh my god, I had I should do baby toys. That's actually what I really want to do, and you find that out. And but you thought cars is easier. Uh, it's systemic. It says it has more viewers and whatever. And then for some reason it happens that you get into the baby toy stuff, and all of a sudden. You, you're blowing up because you're tweaking what you get in and you get more and more of who you are. And, and that's why the, the creation of art is not about the product. It's about the process. As I just explained, it's, it's the, that's why the power is and people just look at art as the product. Obviously you can't run a marathon tomorrow, but you can get there. And it's not about, and so, and really the marathon at the end, the medal is, very little it's it's like an olympic medal you know that you get but it's the journey the journey is where the power is where you find yourself where you get self-esteem because i can say you have the worst podcast or you have the absolute best podcast but i can say both those things right but i can't take away from you that you created it to get get, you get the feeling for the power i cannot take that you created your podcast i can judge it and say it's horrible, or it's the greatest ever. The greatest podcast ever. John, your your podcast is the greatest thing ever. But I cannot take, and you can actually take that or, or say, oh, he's stupid. He doesn't know, you know? So I cannot take that. And that's the power of creativity. Whatever you're building a company, you're building a business, a service, the creation process and that's why I said we need to lean in and milk the moment of creation and not worry about, I got to get to satisfy the customers. They cannot be satisfied if you're not satisfied because you're transferring your dissatisfaction, your fear of failure, all these things onto the customer. And it doesn't matter how good it looks systemically. If, if we are still in a human business, systems cannot be Cannot, they are irrelevant without humans. And we forget we are in a human system. Yeah, yeah. And I really like how you describe, you know, from your perspective, everyone's an artist. Everyone has the capacity for creativity. Yeah. And I agree. Um, now, I am not, like, I, if, if we talk about, art um the type of art that you do um yeah. i'm not good at that type of art uh, i did it when i was younger and i went through school sure. and i took art classes and i always enjoyed them mm-hmm. and it was fun to be creative i wasn't you know what most people outside mm-hmm. lookers would look at and say "Ooh, that's good art and over time yeah. i did other things 
Um, yeah. But I've always been a singer. I always uh, like to express myself through music. Um, so that certainly is a creative outlet for me. Um, but I also, like you said, this podcast is one example. I do, I don't know, 20 different things that are all creative outlets for me um, that, you know, maybe someone wouldn't on the uh, on the outset think, oh, that's a really artistic thing. Um, but the reality is we all have the capacity to be creative, to exercise that muscle of creativity and to innovate. And we all can be artists in our own way, in our own unique way, building on our talents. Uh, and each team needs creatives. Each team needs people who bring that um, to the table. I also like how you described, you know, as you were, as you were saying it, it really reminded me of design thinking, the iterative design thinking process. Um, so if I, whether I'm, I'm developing a product or service, I'm creating some new, uh, creative, um, uh, you know, product like a podcast or videos or whatever, uh, mm. it's an iterative process. I mean, most people don't get into that and just say, I have an idea, I'm going to do it. And then they do it. And then they're done. Like most people it's, it's, there's a back and forth. There's an ebb and flow. There's feedback from, from those who are, um, consuming the, the materials, uh, you, you think through it, you, you, you sit with it, you resonate with it, and then you refine it yourself as well. Uh, it's, it's, it's an iterative process. And I can certainly think as I, you know, think back to the about three years that I've been doing this podcast and I think back to the early days, um, I think I did a pretty good job in those early days, especially as a young kind of novice podcaster, but, uh, I, I did pretty well, but there's tons of things I do differently now. And I've refined it over time. Uh, I, what I, what I'm proud of myself for is that I didn't allow, um, the fear of not having it all figured out, stop me from starting. Um, I certainly didn't have it all figured out and I, I changed a ton of things over time and I iterated and adapted and refined and I will continue to do so. So the way it is today probably won't be the way it is in, you know, a year or two years from now. Um, but the reality is I've gone through that refinement process. Uh, and if I would have, if I would have been so fearful about failure that I didn't even start, I would never have been able to start that refinement process. Uh, so I often, you know, refer to this, whether it's the podcast or whether it's, you know, a variety of different things that I do, you know, I'm often flying the plane while I'm building it. I, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. I don't know exactly even where I'm going with it. I just know that it's something I feel called to do, or I have a creative idea to do, and I want to try to do it. Um, now, how often does that happen within organizations? How often does that happen within teams? And how often do team members feel empowered to, to lean into that discomfort and to lean into the creative process? Uh, some teams are really great at this. Some leaders are really great at creating that context and that environment of safety where people can try things. But other teams are really bad at it. And and it's been my experience that most employees at most organizations have that fear and, and they're cautious. And so if they're going to stick their neck out on the line, you know, even even that that framing of saying, I need to stick my neck out to try to do something new and creative, that demonstrates in my mind what is really a non-creative and almost toxic culture like we need to have a, an environment where people can really feel like they can try different things and it's not failure if it doesn't work the first time it's just learning it's development it's growth it's refinement uh, and and as we do that we lean into the creativity we lean into that power of of the artistic uh, and that's where all innovation comes from no organization is going to innovate in 
terms of new products or services, new customer interfaces, nothing like that is going to happen unless we create an environment where people can lean into that creativity. Monetizing digital services since 2004, boosting the entertainment industry by making digital content accessible for everyone. AWG, where innovation meets monetization. Wonderful. Wonderfully said. And by the way, you have a wonderful voice for podcasting. Uh, <laughs> you. But you're probably singing, you know. Uh, and you're 100% right. The being a moment is absolutely this. The, the world is changing so fast. If you're not learning to handle what is hand, so to, to take care of yourself, that you know what is thrown at you, that you can handle it. So you're not becoming the product. It's I say, get away from the product. Get from, you know, say, what is thrown at us? Okay, we need to save money on this or we have extra money to, to spend on this. Where are we going to ask the team? What should we do? If we are a restaurant, what should we do? Now we have all of a sudden we get a, 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 you know, a grant or a credit for 100 grand. What are we putting that money the best to? Are we splitting it up in the team, just giving everybody a big bonus? Or are we, what are we doing? And, and allow it to be flexible. It could be, Half the money is going to go uh, for bonuses. Half of the money, we got to do something, you know, and let the team decide. Let the, you know, because the the closer you are with other humans, the, if you have the human connection, every system problem will solve itself. So when, 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 when I, when I talk to people that have system problems, I say, what is the human aspect of your system? And as soon as they say, okay, this is why I actually 10 years ago I started the company. I wanted to help out what are gardeners, you know? And then they, they, and they get realigned with their vision, with initially of them. Because what is a business? A business is an expansion of you. Like your podcast is an expansion of you. My talking is an expansion of me, you know? And you do that and you feel fulfilled. And you, if you put yourself in a mind construct of, but system says I need to be this best, I need to be this or that. Nobody wants the same. Everybody is bored. People don't, you know, don't even watch Netflix anymore. You know, uh, they go back when um, all these, the streaming goes back. Not because COVID is over. It went down during COVID because people learned it's more fulfilling to be with other humans. You know, it, 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 so I, I love what you said. You said absolutely perfect, much better than I could. <laughs> uh, well, and you're re reiterating over and over the importance of the human connection. And I think yeah. that is so important. We're all a part of organizational systems. If you're, yeah. uh, unless you're a solopreneur, you know, if you're an entrepreneur kind of running your own shop, yeah. doing your own thing, you know, you can do whatever you want. But outside of that, we all find ourselves in workplace systems mm -hmm. uh, with various policies, practices, procedures, cultures, norms, values, you know, all these things that dictate how we're supposed to behave, how we're supposed to, tr you know, interact with each other um, and all those sorts of things. And, you know, the larger the organization, you know, you, you need some sort of processes in place to make sure that things can, can be consistent. You need, the and you, you need yeah. some structure. Yeah. You need some scaffolding yeah. so that things don't go off the rails, but you also have to remember, like so often organizations become um, 
imprisoned to their own policies. Uh, and so if, if the policy isn't serving the organization or the people within the organization, it needs to be revisited. Uh, and, and it's, it's, it's much more common for organizations to add new policies than it is for them to take away old policies that are obsolete and don't really apply anymore or to, mm-hmm. to, uh, uh, to change out, uh, or adjust old policies that are obsolete or, or may, may even be hurting people. And so that's just the nature of organizations and the way they're built and the way they function. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to be able to recognize that at the heart of any organization is the people. Uh, regardless of the systems in place, the policies, the practices and procedures, there are people who are the ones that make the organization what it is. They're the ones that are providing the products and services. They're the ones that are uh, hopefully having creative um, opportunities for innovation to to drive things forward and to compete, to to, uh, to allow for a competitive advantage. And so the organization can add value to the market. And if that isn't happening um, and, and policies or procedures are, are inhi- inhibiting that uh, unduly so, uh, then you need to think about pruning back, prune back those systems. You need enough scaffolding so that you don't go off the rails so you can protect people, so you can ensure things like inclusion, those sorts of things. Um, but you also need to make sure you're, you're creating an environment of creativity and innovation. Uh, and sometimes there's some tension there between those two. You should be my spokeswriter. You should be my, my spokesman. <laughs> no, because I have nothing. To, what I'm saying, basically, I say always, there's one awareness humanity needs right now. We are in a consciousness crisis. And that is, understand, and I think that's why we're so lost. We are part of nature. We are one species of nature. We haven't created us, nor have we created uh, nature. But we get born in a hospital, a system. We get baptized, another system. We get uh, to school, another system. We get the job, another system. We get married, it's another system. So we are so over generations, system conditioned, that we don't know where we belong. So we, you know, there's these people that are like, you know, I'm not worried that we have, that we robots are taking us over. I'm worried that humans turn into robots. That's way more, uh, and that, for example, people putting now the, all their intention and hope into AI, you know, uh, it's it's insanity, you know, because we are limitless. That's why we have 8 billion people with different di- fingerprints and DNA. No e- a- AI can make systems better. And I think it's also the, the need, what you expressed so well, the system became so heavy that that it's like it doesn't it defeats the person it's like i always say this example because it's the easiest you and i tend to a garden right and we don't even sometimes we see each other sometimes we don't but it doesn't matter it's just fulfilling to be in the garden and use the garden right all of a sudden our families wants to come and all of a sudden everybody has 150 people and they all want to tend to a garden now the system is taken over and sooner or later it was harder to make uh, pay uh, maintenance, uh, get people, uh, make parking spots, do this. And it becomes so heavy uh, that the joy of being in the garden, you know, uh, without any rules or regulations, just you know, obviously we'll talk, we're not going to light that garden on fire, but basically we enjoy being outside and being in the garden. And that is gone when you have to do scheduling and you can do it only a certain time and at night or day, it's, it's going to be just, and to, and this is what we we hit the wall right now. The world, I think, 
is because I'm not against systems. I'm I'm for systems refinding while they were created. I mean, the justice system, for example. You know, it, it's it, the rules are guidelines. It, they're not absolutes, and you can't put come back to eight billion people into 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 static rules. It doesn't work, and this is why people are stressed because they're not stressed because they get a baby. They're stressed of all the baby having a baby in a society system entails to have it. And I think it's $300,000 to be till it, it, you know, it's costing more and more. And people are afraid. They're just afraid of everything because everything has to be systemized, you know? And, and, and I think we need to compartmentalize when I did this, I was, by the way, the worst case scenario, because I have no education. I had to always prove to the systems that I'm worthy and I got success, but, but, you know, I was a wreck till I was 50. And when I got that, when I wrote my book about art and separated art, the product from the process, because the process saved my life, right? But, but the products didn't. I wasn't a famous artist, you know, that everybody knows. And there's only 1% of famous artists that everybody knows. And when I realized the two, one is the past and one is the product, don't focus on the product. That's why, you know, uh, People say in, in, in white collar uh, jobs, they say, oh, I'm not an artist because they look at the product. They're not looking even at that company as a piece of art, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well, Michael, I note the time. I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute. But yeah. uh, before we wrap things up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Okay. So, uh it's very easy. I have one hub where you can reach me. It's michaelm.com. Michael with two L's, michaelm.com. And that's it. That's how you connect to me. Uh, and I, the last word I would say is awareness trumps all. And awareness is experiential uh, knowledge. It's not, you know, when I say this, uh, you can read all books about love in every library in the whole world, in every language. If you haven't felt like what love is, it doesn't make any sense to you. So awareness trumps everything. And humans trump everything with that, because you get awareness for, from interacting with humans. I mean, this was just an example. You are my conversation. How much we dialogue is you know, a superpower, healthy dialogue. Not I'm right, you are wrong. That's systemic dialogue. Uh, but to share, to share, to communicate, to to build our human potential. Yeah, love it. Thank you, Michael. It's been a real pleasure. Welcome. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected with Michael, check out his work. I encourage everyone to think about how you can create safe places to foster creativity, where you can uh, empower your teams and empower your people to do really cool things, uh, you know, in line with what we've been talking about today. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. You enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support.
Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.